welcome to Supposedly. I'm Jesse. this is Rue, and if you don't know about it by now, you're probably not one of our 15 regular listeners. Yeah. No, I'm really glad, so me and Jesse are, again, not recording at our usual time, because we don't really have a usual time anymore. There is no such never... thing as a normal. But no, so the other day I called you, and I was like, yeah, let's do midnight my time. And somehow that got lost in translation and you thought it was midnight your time. So I have chugged a Red Bull to stay up. And then I call Jessie and I send her the link and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I'm fucked up on Red Bull. And she's like, yeah, I thought we were doing midnight. And I was like, it is midnight. Woo, Red Bull. And she was like, "Um, it's like five or whatever. 12 minus seven is like, I'm not good at math. And I was like, oh no. Like that's a whole seven hours from now. What are you talking about? And I was like, I have to sleep off a Red Bull and be up by seven. So I kind of scrambled to get ready on time because I was going to review my notes and everything prior because usually I spend about an hour before we record just kind of going over things and and what have you. Oh, my charger fell out of my laptop. We're just a mess. We always are, though. We'll get it together for you today, supposedly. So I'm making Rue go first today because I'm going to be um, going over notes I wrote about a week ago. See, she ain't even listening to me. Uh, I listen to you. I can't wait to hear what you brought today. So what is it? All right. I know you gave me a little clue. Yeah, so it's, um, right now it's the spinning circle of my notes loading. Uh. Okay, well, in the meantime, I've got some fun little haunted news for you. (gasps) Yes, updates. No, no updates on the house or anything. The energy's been really great. We haven't had any more incidents as recently. I haven't even seen your felt gym around, so, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but I like it. Nice. I'm going to go to the Crescent Hotel. (gasps) Yes. Yes, in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, here in a couple weeks, and I'm going to be renting a haunted room with my best friend Lizzie. Amazing. Um, originally, my plan was this. I was going to tell her, hey, so she recently got let go from her job, and she's got a bunch of free time, and, you know, with me moving, yeah. we really want to hang out and do some memorable things before mm-hmm. I go. So I was going to say, hey, why don't you let me book this hotel room, um, and you just show up, and we'll have a good time. But she has never been into the paranormal. She doesn't oh, <laughs> like me joking about it, so I was going to book a haunted room and not tell her, and then just take her on the ghost tour and be like, by the way, we're sleeping in the most haunted room tonight. You're a monster. <laughs> But I was also going to record it all for the podcast. Please do it. Oh, oh, so it's, well, I'm a monster, but you want to listen to it, huh? Well, if it's just for personal gain, you're a monster. But if it's going to be for the entertainment for the masses, and by masses, I mean 15 plus me, then it's worth it. Yeah, well, I think it's 14 because I probably am a listener, too. God anyway. damn it. <laughs> but I, I said, hey. Do you want to, there's this hotel in Eureka Springs I'd really like to go to, and she goes, it's the haunted one, isn't it? And I said, no, and she's like, deadpanning me over the phone. I said, yes, I guess, I said, okay, I really want to get a haunted room. And my God, guys, she went for it, and I never thought she was going to. I'd have to, I thought I'd have to drag her kicking and screaming, but I got her, and we're going to try to go in September, but I'm not going to tell you when because I don't want you to book the dates up from under me or stalk me there, all 15 of you. Anyway, so I will be reporting on that. Um, I think it'd be fun for us to do a podcast while I'm in the room. 
Yeah. Maybe we can try to get some EVPs or something. Again, since apparently that's a thing that happens. And the episode uh, that we do, I will talk about the Crescent Hotel and its sordid history. What? And man, is there a lot. Yeah, I'm super familiar so. with the with the Crescent. I mean, living in Kansas City. I haven't, but I've seen it. I, I went to Eureka Springs a couple of years ago. I really like the city. Um, yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff to do down there. But yeah, it's it's a lot, man. Yay! Well, you know, so know that that's coming up. Maybe Sweet. that can be our Halloween episode. Oh, I like that. We'll have a Halloween September's before October. Maybe we record that and we release that as our Halloween special yeah. episode. That yeah. would be super cool. Oh, um, I think, just sidebarring, I think yeah. next weekend we're going to Berlin again. Okay. Because um, it's my birthday. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. How, how does one send you a birthday present in Germany? Uh, I have... I can send you my P.O. box. Send me your P.O. box. Okay. Is it in Germany? No, it's um, it's on base, so it'll count like sending American mail. Oh! Yeah. Why haven't you given me that long time ago? I can I... send you so many things. Okay. I'll, I'll let you send me things. Yeah! Okay. If I would have known that, sending you things this whole time. Yeah, I was going to send like... you... Well, now I can't tell you because I'm going to have to send you all the things I thought about sending you, but was like, no, I don't know if she's going to get it in Germany. Yeah, dude, you can, like, even just send it through Amazon. Like, no problem. Bitch, fucking text me that now. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, but yeah, so we're going to Berlin, and I think uh, we're going to try and do a ghost tour over there. So I will follow up on that as well. Oh, yeah, that could be part of our Halloween episode, too. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, is that maybe we'll do, like, a travel edition. Yes, I love yeah. it. Sweet. And I'll, I'll make Lizzie talk on the podcast, because she yeah. hates everything paranormal, and it's going to be hilarious. I kind of love that. Through this. Yeah. I know. Why I know. are Why are it's you her Zach, and she's your Aaron right now, though? I don't know. Because I feel like... Lizzie, I, go stay Lizzie, in this haunted hotel with me. Go stay in this room. I don't want to. <laughs> Lizzie, I said go in fucking hotel. <laughs> maybe i've watched too much ghost adventures in fact like i watched a bunch of ghost adventures today including nice. the episode about the crescent hotel and that's where i got my idea i was like oh lizzie oh lizzie, <laughs> oh, lizzie. you're four hours away from me oh. <laughs> all, right. all right so halloween episode that's what you love can it. look forward to boom how have you been? You ah, haven't died yeah, in no. the lake recently or anything? No swimming or No dying. Uh, no, I spent pretty Good. much Good. all of today. Well, basically this whole week I've been on a quest. Um, and that quest. quest has been trying to find furniture because my darling husband bought a stupid big television. <laughs> like... Ours like, cracked out. It's 85 inches. I'm trying to think. I think mine is 70. Okay. No. No, no, no. 40. Oh, yeah. That's Ours was a 45. I don't know. It's like, it's that one. Oh, how yeah. Big is, how big is that? You've been in my room. Probably a 45. Okay. Yeah. It's like, damn it, my charger. <laughs> so he bought a stupid big. Yeah, because ours cracked out. So, I mean, we needed to replace it. And it was kind of an impulse buy, I guess. Um, but he did not consult me on it, which I was like, mm, marriage tip 101, babe. Please 
let me be a part of big purchases. And uh, so I wasn't super thrilled, but also a part of not consulting your partner is that there are some things you don't think of that they do. Right. Like, will this fit on the furniture which we have? And the answer was a resounding no. Uh, and because hey, it's, yeah. Why, why don't you just mount it? Because we have plaster walls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's also heavy as a mother. Like, I know that they can be mounted, but I don't trust the walls here to not just, like, cave in. Fair. Um, and so I spent all of yesterday on a quest to Ikea. And but they do have Ikea there. I they, spent oh, all they, yesterday they, at Ikea, too. We're bonded. Um, even through space and time in Germany and U.S., we are bonded. Uh, and it turns out that they don't make fans deep enough. They were long enough, but they, uh-huh. were, they weren't big enough front to back. Uh, so I two would trips... be really hesitant to set that on a, anything. Yeah. Well, it's, it's got to be it, big no matter what. Because it's got to stand, so it's okay. it's all right. Um, and so it turns out that I ended up having to buy a stand from Ikea. And then instead of putting the top that it came on or that it came with, I made my own because I am a master craftsman a la Ron. What? Thompson. Yeah. Okay. So that's where you and I differ. You made your <laughs> own. I talked Drew into coming with me when I moved to New Mexico specifically to set up my <laughs> Ikea furniture I'm going to buy. Oh yeah. No, I like, I spent, so I went to Ikea, got something, uh, turned out we didn't like it. We wanted to go with a different plan. Uh, and so I spent all of last night staining the new top so it would be ready to rock and roll. And then this morning, we went back to Ikea, returned the original piece, got the new one, and I spent all afternoon building it and swearing at it. Uh, Built it wrong. Well, I built it correctly, but to get the top on, I had to unbuild it to get the top on. Oh, no, I had to do that. And then rebuild it. and we had people coming over to watch the basketball game. And so I managed oh, to get this course, shit done. What would make this better than a deadline? I managed to get it done within like 45 minutes of them showing up. Wow, and then make food. you are a rock star. You know, I do. There was so much swearing. I was just like swearing headphones in, just like angrily singing to Fall Out Boy <laughs> as I drill, which is how I spend most of my days, to be honest. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I just talked Drew into coming down to New Mexico to set up my stuff when I move. What did you get at Ikea yesterday? Um, A whole bunch of nothing and a whole bunch of plans for... Okay. Okay, so I'm relocating, and so far it looks like November. Okay. Originally, it was going to be January. Of course, COVID hit. Everything got pushed back. Um, So I'm looking at November now. Okay. And I'm going to need to furnish a whole apartment on not much money. Bum, 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 bum. Ikea. Yeah. Uh, So I just went and looked around and took pictures of things I liked and then got ideas from their little inspiration rooms and tested out my new anxiety medication in public. So that's what I got. I almost bought a coffee maker. But okay. I don't drink coffee, but it's just so if I have a guest over at my yeah. new place and they want coffee, that's it was adorable. eight bucks. I decided okay. there's probably better things I need before imaginary yeah. coffee for guests I don't have in an apartment that I haven't booked yet in furniture I haven't set up. Probably. One step at a time. But I like that you're obviously thinking of me because I will be the guest who drinks all your coffee. Well, then I'm going to need a bigger coffee pot and $8 <laughs> oh. isn't going to do it. <laughs> but no, like seriously, in addition to missing you, I wish I could come build all your IKEA furniture. It's so fun to me. I love puzzles I, and 
Ikea furniture is a delight to me. I am a monster. I understand this. I hate it. I was just telling Drew that there's nothing I detest more. Because one, all right, I am, who am I kidding? My mom's not listening to this. She doesn't even know where to find this. She still thinks we're on the YouTube. So I love my mom to death, but I know yeah. she's coming down and she's going to help me pack up a U-Haul and drive yep. cross country. And I know we're going to want to kill each other. In oh, that yeah. Because we can't even be in a car for 45 minutes with each other without, like, fighting over one, directions, two, are you speeding? Road trips that. are hard. Road trips with moms are super driving. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so by the time we get there and unload all the boxes in the New Mexico heat, mm-hmm. after driving a U-Haul sh- we've never driven through snow and ice mm-hmm. that'll probably be here in Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, I assume we are going to be pretty grumpy people. Yeah. And I can't imagine a worse situation than us having to build a whole apartment's worth of Ikea furniture in that state of mind. So I was like, hey, Drew. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, you wanna, you wanna if come? If it's legal for me to travel back to the United States, you know, my my services may be available. <laughs> and Make then we could party. actually record our freaking podcast in the same room for once in our lives. Could you imagine how normal the audio would be? What a luxury. Oh, man. I also wanted to tell you when I was hanging out with Drew today, he told me that well, okay, so I had seen him before you had told him about your nearly dying in the oh, lake experience. Oh, yeah, he, he called me and was like, why did I find out you almost died not from you? Should we, sidebar, Drew is one of our very good mutual friends. Yes, And yes, actually yes, yes. how we know each other. We actually, owe, yeah, true. We owe supposedly to Drew. So we do. So let's dedicate this episode to Drew. Oh, he doesn't want that. <laughs> Don't shame him like that. <laughs> <laughs> Shamed, Drew and Mar- uh, but I, I shouldn't say last names. No, nope. for you. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> Drew and Madabadabada. <laughs> That's his name. You. Yep. But what were you starting to say? Anyway, I I told him I asked him if he had heard your story yet, and he said yes. And he told you that he had actually heard it from your mother and freaked you out for a moment. He really did. And then we debated why the army has not taught Scoop to swim yet. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know if I said it in the last episode. I think it's kind of like um, when you do so well on every other part of your driver's test and they're like, you don't have to do parallel parking if you don't want to. Yeah. We assume, you know. I think he's so good on land that they're like, eh, I bet he's all right. That's what, that's what Drew said. (laughs) Anyway, we were talking about your near-death experience and everything. And he also said that Darnell and you wouldn't have almost died if you were somewhere else like here instead of Germany I heard that line but I heard it specifically as if I personally was not here he would not have gone to a lake so it's okay if he stays and does his army job I just need to come home that is the longer unabridged version yeah so speaking of lakes yeah did you bring something lakey uh not really but I did bring something that has a water feature uh and by water feature I mean crying oh Oh. But it's not actually bad. Are we going to bum out our listeners again? All right, let's go. Okay. Dive into your water feature of tears. Ooh. So today I have brought for you the squonk. 
Do you know what a squonk is? Can I tell you what immediately I think of? Please. I think if someone stepped on a smurf or if a smurf had a baby with a goose, that'd be a squonk. With a goose. Yeah. Squonk. I I love it. That's the sound Uh, it makes. Immediately. Squonk. And they'd have horns on their heads. My brain immediately went to Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Not like horns as in like a ram or the devil or bulls or anything, but a horn is in like... Like an actual musical instrument oh. that when you squeezed it, it went squonk. Squonk. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what squonk, is actually a squonk? Squonks are actually a cryptid from the hemlock forests of Pennsylvania. That so, sounds dangerous. The hemlock forest. I know. Yeah. It just made me think of when Netflix was like really pushing that hemlock grove show. I didn't even know about it. But I didn't watch it, it, but I remember it being like, you watched a John Mulaney comedy special. Bet you'd like this kind of scary show we made. And then it was like, <laughs> I watched like freaking Avatar or I let like, you know, one of my friend's kids watch Sesame Street. And it was like, bet you'd like this kind of scary show, Hemlock Grove. And I was like, what about what I have watched recently is like, yeah, you should watch those. Um, anyways, Reflects that. Anyways. So the legend of the squonk originated in the 19th century when the timber industry... No, no, no. You're going to have to say that again, and you're going to have to say it the right way. Every time you say squonk, it has to be said correctly, and I don't think you're saying it correctly, so... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, This is not a drinking game for those at home, if you choose to partake. uh, Alcohol, coffee, whatever is closest to you is acceptable. So the legend of the squonk originated <laughs> i'm not doing it makes that every it so time. much better yes yes you have to <laughs> or you can point at me and i'll say it we'll okay. alternate okay okay so the legend of this creature originated in the 19th century when the timber industry was at its height william t cox published the first written account of the squonk <laughs> in a book <laughs> you broke in a me. book in a in a book in a book in a book called Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods with a few desert and mountain beasts. So basically Just he was like sprinkled in there. Yeah, basically he was like honorable mentions. I really like these ones too. Okay, so according to the legend, the squonk is <laughs> is a creature with quote ill-fitting skin which is covered in warts. Ew. Apparently, so uh, like it's ill-fitting in that it's wrinkly. Like it looks kind of like a Sharpay dog. Uh huh. Um, and it just has an abundance of skin. So, and, like, are we talking like you know, um, planters' warts, or is it kind of like a the way you're describing it mm-hmm. sounds like pictures they showed in health class of a scrotum with genital warts? Yeah, no, it all of the depictions looked like a really cute ball sack. Okay, cool. Yep, yep. And so apparently, the squonk feels self-conscious about its appearance. Uh, As you would if you were a really cute ball sack. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know if we're allowed to make that the episode title, but there it is. It's there. (laughs) It's there. Um, And so it feels really self-conscious about its appearance. And for this reason, it stays hidden most of the time and also spends almost all of its time weeping. It just sits and cries hidden in the forest. So in all of... it's Yeah. Yeah. That's Uh sad. Yeah. If only, like, Compound W would sponsor them and just <laughs> help them out. Man, you had that brand name ready to go. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. If only there was a, a generic wart remover brand that would come and save the squonk from its misery. Yeah. We're uh, not sponsored by Ikea, and we are not sponsored by Compound W. 
But we are sponsored by the squonk today. Yes, it does not pay well. We're crying too. Weeping in the forest, honestly. And I kind of look like a cute ball sack today. I look like a cute ball sack most days. So in almost all the depictions that I've seen of the squonk, they seem like they're kind of like quadrupedal, like um, maybe like dogs. Or it kind of oh, looks like a they pig. walk on all fours. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's it looks kind of like a pig in its shape, but like a pig made of ball sack. Okay. Yeah, and they're relatively low to the ground, and they have like a little like tail stub almost. A they're, what? Like a little stumpy tail. Okay. Yeah. So in William Cox's book, he describes the squonk as traveling at dusk or twilight. He goes on to say that skilled hunters can track it by following its trail of tear puddles because it just cries all the time. It's got to stay so hydrated. <laughs> Which, fun fact, is also how I can be tracked. I think that's how you can track anybody in 2020. Just follow the, the, tear, the tear puddles. Literally. Uh, so he also says that uh, squonk hunters are squonk. most are most successful on frosty nights when the tears are shed more slowly and the animal dislikes moving around. During this, Does it also shrivel during the cold? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. During this time, it may then be heard weeping under the boughs of the dark hemlock trees. What does it sound like when it weeps? Did they do any descriptions? Is it like a shrill cry? Is it a low you know, um, I, misery I wasn't... cry? I wasn't able to find, there's not really a lot on this. It's a pretty regional um, legend. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to find a lot on it. It's a pretty short story, but I thought that this poor critter needed some love. And so I wanted to tell its story, but I would assume it's, it's a boohoo. <laughs> like a. <laughs> yes. Or is it more like a. <laughs> oh, oh, you just hurt my ears so bad. Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, you know, get back to me. Yeah, I, I, I think it's probably more the first one. Have fun toning that down in post. Oh, uh, it's gonna be rough. Uh, I may just put, Jesse makes crying noises. Fair. Okay, so hunters have tried to capture the squonk and have been surprised to discover that its defense mechanism is to dissolve into a puddle of bubbles and its own tears. Okay, we're. <laughs> I know. I know our podcast is called supposedly. <laughs> I feel like this is a bit of a stretch, even for us. Continue <laughs> on the tale of the dissolving cry puddle squonk ball sack creature, which you brought to the table from your weird nightmares. Apparently, <laughs> am I allowed to put ball sack as the title? Because I think that we've said so many. So many worthwhile things now. Maybe the title should just be, am I allowed to put ball sack as the title <laughs> question mark? Brilliant. So a man named J.P. Wentling supposedly caught a squonk and put it in a bag. He was carrying the bag home when suddenly it felt lighter. When he checked it out, he was surprised to discover that all that remained in the bag was the liquid remains of the creature. So it must have been like a plastic bag then. I think it was just like wet. I don't know. Oh. Because okay. it was like, I think it was in the early 1900s, and they didn't exactly have Ziplocs then. Truth. Yeah. So, squonks are actually one of the few cryptids to be given a Latin name, which, to be fair, this was given by Cox himself. So, I think he was just like, I speak Latin, and I'm writing a book. I can publish whatever I want to. 
Dr. Cox and his ball sack creatures. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love recording at midnight. <laughs> the Red the Bull's really paying off. It is giving me wings, man. <laughs> we're also not sponsored by Red Bull. No. There's a lot of people that... We're not sponsored by anybody, except Drew and Manamanamana. <laughs> Guys, 15 people listen to us, and none of them are the brands we've mentioned. Uh... <laughs> And so the name that Cox gave his ball sack creature. Yeah. Squonk. Was yeah. Lacrimocorpus dissolvens, which means dissolving weeping body. That sounds like a, ti- a good title for a movie, and I would never know that I was getting into a movie about crying ball sacks <laughs> creatures. I want it to be a lifetime movie. Oh, can I audition for that? Please. Can you? Can play I be the, the squonk? squonk? Yes. Yes. I can totally play the squonk. I'll come dressed as the squonk next time we record. Amazing. Uh, There's some possibility that the cryptids, which Cox describes in his book, are actually making a statement against the rampant deforestation, which was occurring at that time in the Henlock forests. What the frick is on your face? What are you doing? It's part of my squonk audition. They're hair and gummy um, vitamins, but... They kind of look like nipples, I've always thought. Oh, and I'm licking them and sticking them on my face so that I can get this roll of the squonk. <laughs> oh. You're you're right on. Right on the money. That was me dissolving into liquid. Oh. If you missed that. Oh, okay. Good deal. It's okay. I needed to take two of those today. Well, I hope your hair and, and skin are great after your squonk performance. I think I've got, like, six of these fell in the bed. Oh, no. So, anyways, like I was saying, uh, it's it's possible that Cox was actually just trying to create a creature that would make people feel guilty about the deforestation which was happening in the hemlock um, forests at the time. Kind of like the Lorax, but... Yeah, but sad. But sad and warty. Yeah, so here's a quote from him. He says, Probably the homeliest animal in the world and knows it. The distribution was once fairly wide, the usual habitat being plains where desert vegetation was abundant. History shows beyond dispute, as these areas gradually changed to swampy, lake-dotted country, the squonk was forced to take to the water. Of distinctly low mentality, it traveled constantly around the unaccustomed marshes in search of fodder. With time, it developed webbing between its toes, but only on the submerged left feet. Hence, on entering the water, it could only swim in circles and never got back to shore. Fossil bones dredged from the lake bottoms reveal that thousands perished of starvation in this manner. Today, the squonk is met with solely in the hemlock forests of Pennsylvania. Sometimes you can hear one weeping softly to himself. Oh, here we go. The sound is a low note of pleading, somewhat resembling the call of the cross-feathered snee, because this is a Dr. Seuss book at this point. What's a cross-feathered snee sound like? Apparently it's a cryptid from Montana, which he also did not necessarily make up, but probably totally made up. I bet this guy's got some great hair tonic he could sell us to. (laughs) Try Pirelli's Miracle And now we're doing Sondheim. What a cursed episode this is. I think it's fantastic. 
so there isn't, like I said, too much on squonks. No words on what they eat, how they got there, or apparently how thousands of them drowned in lakes. Because they evolved only on their left feet webbing, and they swam in circles till they drowned, Rue. Hey, it was drowning a massacre. It was an evolutionary travesty. And you sit there and act like, like, like the squonks story and plight doesn't matter don't laugh or make light of their sadness they drowned hey drowning's a touchy subject <laughs> no i'm playing <laughs> you can't use that to get out of squonk circles miss oh my god but yeah so i just wanted to shed a little light on what's maybe the saddest creature in the world uh interestingly enough the band genesis has a song called squonk which does reference the myths and this is particularly interesting considering that they're all a bunch of English dudes who somehow knew about this teeny-ass cryptid myth from Virginia. Are we sure Squonk is Or Pennsylvania like, or wherever the You know how a lot of rock artists or just artists in general um, make a lot of sexual euphemisms? Okay, euphemisms, but... <laughs> euphemisms. Um, could they be referencing the Squonk in a way that could pertain to a different area of the body? I mean, I listened to it, and I read the lyrics, and there's literally, like, you you dissolve into a puddle of your own tears. <laughs> like, they literally reference the myth, so... Okay. Yeah. All right, so, maybe not. Yep. Um. Also, a Google search for squonk will return a lot of results for vaping, and apparently squonking is bottom-feeding the vape juice into the vape doodad. I don't know. I'm not a vaper, but what? I did... What do you mean bottom-feeding it? I, I guess Squeaking it's like the juice in the bottom. No, I think it's like how the vape juice feeds into the tank. It's the opposite of how it usually does it. I don't. I'm not a vapor. I don't rip massive cotton. I wouldn't no, you're know. You're squonker. Yeah. So that's that's the squonk. Wait, no. Let's do it at the same time now. Because okay. if you're gonna finish, we should finish big. You know, a, a, a good false hack loves a big finish. <laughs> <laughs> so does Doctor Cox. <laughs> All right. One, One two, two, three. three. Okay. All right, let's talk about a serial killer. Do it. We really should have let me go second. I really would have brought the mood up. Um, and there's a lot of sexual aspects. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I hate it already. Okay, all right. All right. Let's do it. <sighs> Okay. All right. The time of the squonk is done. Sadly. All right. So, hey, Rue. Yep. Could I do something different instead of the serial killer today? Because just doing it after squonk seems so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you have Hang something on. else prepared? I'm going to pull something else out of my butt real quick. And it is out a squonk. squonk hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually I keep ideas on my phone, so I'll oh, just nice. okay. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about Dennis Rader by torturing and killing oh, after no, after we do you. the squonk. <laughs> Tears of the squonk right now. <laughs> Tears of the squonk. <laughs> <laughs> We're having just a full scale break. Oh my god, you're crying. <laughs> it's like a laugh cry <laughs> but it's also a little bit of a 
real cry because it'd be really terrible to do the Dennis Raider thing after that. Oh, oh man. Okay. Um. Uh, look, I'm a lot. I'm on a lot of depression and anxiety meds right now. We don't really know what's happening with those. So I'm glad that the squonk provided you an <sighs> an opportunity to cry because I know sometimes those meds make crying hard or very easy. And so if the squonk is Did the catalyst you, you need, what? That I was having a lot of trouble crying on my antidepressants. I think like, you have, it, but I I know that acting? that's like a pretty common. Really? Because my doctor effect. was mind blown by what? that. I went in and I said, "Hey, by the way, you know, I get hired to because I'm an actor. I get hired to cry a lot. And um, actually, a couple of the cases I do um, uh, standardized patient work for requires mm. me to cry on a very regular basis. But however, I'm having a really hard time crying from emotional recall on this medication. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "So when I think about um, traumatic things that have happened in my life to try to cry." Mm-hmm. When I try to get in tune with what they're saying and put myself in that position, but mm-hmm. use emotional recall to cry, which is one of the things I do quite often. And I've always had a very easy time of it. On this particular medication I'm on, I was really struggling, and she did not understand at all That's how that wild. can be a thing. Yeah, and neither okay. did my therapist. Well, I'm glad that next time that you are in that situation, you can think of the squonk, and apparently you will just start weeping. I think I'm just going to make this whole episode my ringtone for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll call and it'll just be squonk, 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 squonk. (laughs) Okay. There's our first first Patreon content. It's just an MP3 (laughs) ringtone of us going squonk, 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 squonk. squonk. (laughs) Like Carlin puts some music behind it. It should sound kind of tubish, like boom, 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 squawk, 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 squawk. Wah! It dissolves into its own puddles of tears, like a ball sack. Squawk like a ball. Let the ball sack hit the floor. Let the ball sack hit the floor. Squawk. I have to take out a lot of our our laughing in this. Okay, all right. All right, I've got something I can do. All right, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read, I'm just going to do some fun facts for you guys. Love it. How's that? A mysterious wooden artifact that was found in a Russian peat bog has been dated to 11,000 years ago, and it contains a code or language that no one has yet deciphered. It's called Shiger Ido, and it's twice as old as the pyramids or Stonehenge. That's super cool. I love dead languages so freaking much, dude. Hey, did you know that thousands of premature infants were saved from certain death by being part of the Coney Island Experiment Sideshow? Yes, I did know that. Yeah, at the time, premature babies were considered genetically inferior and were simply left to fend for themselves or, and ultimately die. Dr. Martin Corney, and I could be saying this wrong, C-O-U-N-E-Y, Coney? County? County? Yep, that's... Yep. It kind of sounds, yeah. Offered a desperate, offered desperate parents a pioneering solution to what was as expensive as it was experimental, and came up with a very unusual way of covering the cost. It was Coney Island in the early 1900s. Beyond the four-legged women and the sword swallowers, and Lionel the lion-faced man was an entirely different exhibit: rows of tiny premature human babies living in glass incubators. The brainchild of this exhibit was Dr. Martin Corney, an enigmatic figure in the history of medicine. Corny created and ran an incubator baby exhibits on the island from 1903 until the early 1940s. 
Behind his facade, premature babies were fighting for their lives and attended by a team of medical professionals desperate to save them. The public funding paid for the expensive care, which cost about $15 a day in 1903. Wow. Which is the equivalent of $405 today per incubator, poor premature baby. So he was in the life-saving business and he took it very seriously. The exhibit was immaculate. When new children arrived, dropped off by panicked parents who knew that they could help be helped there, where hospitals could not, they were immediately bathed, rubbed in alcohol, and swaddled tight, then placed in an incubator and kept at 96 degrees or so, depending on the patient. His nurses all wore starched white uniforms and the facility was spotlessly cleaned. And I'm sure they did some spontaneous cleaning as well. The incubators themselves were a medical miracle, 40 years ahead of what was being developed in America at that time. Each incubator was made of steel and glass and stood on legs about five feet tall. A water boiler on the outside supplied hot water to a pipe running underneath a bed of mesh upon which the baby slept. His incubators were spectacles at carnivals and fairs, including the 1904 St. Louis World's Fair, and the invention saved maybe millions of babies' lives. Every two hours, those who could suckle were carried upstairs on a tiny little elevator and fed by the breasts by a wet nurse who lived in the building. The rest were fed by a funneled spoon. The smallest baby he handled is reportedly to have weighed a pound and a half. Wow. He was also one of the most earliest advocates for breastfeeding. If he caught his wet nurses smoking or drinking, they were fired on the spot. He even employed a cook to make healthy meals for them so that the babies got the best of the best. Race, economic class, and social status were never factors in his decision to treat a patient. And he never changed, charged the parents for the baby's care. The names were always kept anonymous, and in later years, the doctor would stage reunions of his graduates. Aww. Isn't uh, that amazing? Really quick, I do want to go back to the micro baby elevator. Yeah. Because that sounds like the best ride at Coney Island. Micro baby elevator? Yep. The yeah, baby elevator. Really so I actually had an uncle, well, a great uncle, who was born prematurely. Uh-huh. Now, let's see. Uh, he would have had to have been born around the 1920s, maybe okay. a little earlier. He's, let's see, he's, uh, yeah, I'd say around that time. I'd say between 1910 and 1920. I'm not really sure of the exact year. But it's a really interesting story in my family that when he was born, he was born premature and they gave him to my great-grandmother and said, he's probably going to die. Go ahead and take him home and enjoy whatever time you have left with him. Yeah. But my grandmother thought to put him in the oven instead. This is a true story. Swear to God. All right. So she took a pan and do not put your babies in the oven. This is 2020. There are other solutions. But being told that her baby was going to die, yeah. what she decided to do is she, she took I believe it was like a turkey pan or a roasting pan or something like that, lined it with bricks at the bottom and then swaddled the baby and put him on top and kept it, him in the oven with the door open. And anytime he wasn't being fed or anything, he would be in the oven. And apparently the heat in, I'm sure he breathed in a lot of gas. I don't know if it was a wood burning yeah. stove then or what, but it saved his life. And wow. he, he lived to be, I think he's still alive. Oh damn. He might've passed away just, a couple years ago but we're not a super close family but yeah wow um, yeah it actually saved his life and the doctors were astounded but she didn't want her baby to die so yeah. 
she Dude, was kind of inspired by that right but when they give you this tiny baby and say he's gonna die any day go just yeah. enjoy the time you have left with him well and you have the instinct to just do anything i guess anything you can and yeah you gotta remember this is around the same time that this doctor was having this sort of thing go on at right Island. so it's possible she heard about it or read about it somewhere and just tried yeah. to duplicate the environment in the best like, way she could yeah but yeah that's pretty cool yeah isn't that interesting okay yeah. let's go on to my next story of the week all right and it is the Manhattan Murder Wall. In Ooh. 1799, 99. Let's try that again. 17, 17. In 1799, Juliana Sands left her home to be with a secret lover, Levi Weeks. Sands was not seen alive again. Eleven days later, her body was discovered concealed oh. in a wall oh. in a meadow. Oh, this is so okay, Jesse. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold what? on. What? What? So I just made Did a Hamilton you put reference. Somebody in a wall? No, but I just made a Hamilton reference, right? That was the 17. Okay. Se- se- 17. That's how, like, okay. literally they reference the years. So I know this story, and part of the reason I know this story is because Alexander Hamilton was their uh, attorney. And it's really referenced in the musical, and I was like, you just said love it. Oh, my God. Okay, anyways, that's, that's really freaking synchronicity weird. I will take your word for it. Okay. So 11 days later, her body was discovered concealed in a well in a meadow. Weeks went on trial. Uh, weeks went on trial for the murder, but was acquitted. Though many thought his guilt was almost certain. Over time, the meadow was developed, and eventually, a bistro would open on the site. After some strange events, smashed bottles thrown ashtrays, rumors of the wells existed in the basement was excavated, and a sealed-off well was found. Huh. That's freaky. That part I didn't know. But I did know, because that was, um, like, the first murder trial that was... Really? Uh, yeah, once America was founded, uh, that was the first, like, okay, now we have a country and laws and stuff, so congrats, you're the first murderer, I guess. Look, I'm burning off all the stuff I was going to do deep dives on, <laughs> because I couldn't follow Squonks with BTK this week. That's fair. Sorry. Tune in next so week for BTK. You have a super downer to look forward to next time. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, the next thing that I have for you is a little bit of an archaeological discovery as well. Yes. A 5,000-year-old prosthetic eye made from a mixture of natural tar and animal fat was recently discovered. This incredible object was found near the city of Zabul in Iran. The world's earliest prosthetic eye, which was once gold and was worn by an ancient priestess who stood six feet tall. I'm going to oh. repeat that for you. A six-foot-tall ancient priestess with a golden eye has been discovered what james bond villain was she how freaking baller is that right here's another fun fact for you according to a greek legend there was a famous prostitute who managed to avoid death sentence by showing the judges her boobs and arguing that it would be a crime against the gods to destroy something that beautiful before you ask there are paintings of this and they are pretty freaking incredible so the courtesan was named freen P-H-R-Y-N-E, and she was indeed a renowned beauty, uh, and she was put in trial for a capital crime. And basically, the sum of her defense consisted of her stripping in court, helped by her lover and also a defendant, and asking the jury, of all males, of course, because Mm -hmm. ancient Greece, if they were prepared to destroy this. But it's actually a very interesting case that she made, because it's a case that values dishonest. The capital crime she was accused of was blasphemy. And in ancient hmm. Greek societies, exceptional beauty was a sign of favor from the gods. And they took the idea that beauty was indicated goodness and great hmm. seriousness. 
at the time they even called some of their nobles Kaloi Kafaki. Okay. Which basically translated to the beautiful and the good. And look, I don't know ancient Greece, so I know I pronounced that wrong. Yeah. No need to tell me. So by showing off her great physical beauty, she was being very clever, and her argument was essentially, how could I possibly commit blasphemy when the gods made me like this, when I have the gods' favor? Certified freak, seven days a week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can I, I don't have any facts on this. Can I tell you a fun fact? Yes! Tell me a fun fact you don't have. We are supposedly. I guess you don't technically need this. Well, no, because I saw this. We tried it. I I saw this and I was, like, gonna follow up on it and I just didn't. So this is just off of what I remember. Okay. So apparently during the OG plague, you know, the bubonic one. Yeah. Apparently in Italy, they made wine windows, which were little cup-sized windows they could open and shut, and they were just big enough to pass a goblet through. And so you could pass your wine goblet in. They would fill it, the, the um, winery would fill it up with wine and pass it back out because, you know, Italians love their wine. Of course. And so obviously a lot of these buildings are still intact because Europe is just hella old and it'd be like that. So these windows are still apparently in existence in a lot of these buildings. Really? And because of covid they are using them again. So you can just go and like get That's an ironic fantastic. plague window glass of wine. I want a plague window glass of wine. Why do I have to be in America right now? Also, although Italians love their wine, back when the bubonic plague took place, water was also very, very dangerous, dangerous to drink because yes. it carried a lot of bacteria and a lot of yucky stuff. So wine was actually favored as a drink by, by everybody. True, but... Also, wine, not beer there. Because a lot of places just did beer because, like, wheat is super um, available. But, like, oh, because cool. of the, because the, um. And also, climate... it's the plague. And we've all, we've all drunk a little wine during our own epidemic. Oh, boy, recently. have we. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. so a recent study traced the history of some of our favorite folk stories. Oh. And guess what they found out? What? Some of them can be traced back to 6,000 years old. Jeez. Stories that are older than civilizations that were told by people speaking languages that we no longer speak and sometimes don't even know how to translate. How cool is that? That makes me think of when I did the Fae. A lot of those are super old. How about this little tidbit? In Aztec mythology, giving birth was seen as a woman's battle with the gods to win her child's life. Whoa, that's pretty badass. Yeah, talk about badass women. Mothers right? who, who succeeded were celebrated, while women who died in childbirth were thought to become vampiric monsters called Cthulhuteo, which stole oh. other women's children. So that's when we Ooh. get into the bad part of that. Yeah. But up until that point, it sounded kind of cool. Huh, that's pretty neat. Did you know that in 2002, Kenyan Masari tribes people donated 14 cows to the U.S. to help with the aftermath of 9-11? Jesus. Huh. Okay, that makes me feel great about America as a whole. And by the way, you probably haven't heard this before, uh-huh. because American media depend de- tends to disregard anyone who donates to the U.S. Yep. During our disasters. Mm-hmm. And also, in their culture, do you know how much a cow costs? Probably a significant amount. A very significant amount. In fact, it's a significant part of their religion as well. And here's a quote directly from Wikipedia. Traditionally, traditional Masari life cycle centers around their cattle, which constitutes their primary source of food. A measure of a man's wealth is in terms of cattle and children. A herd of 50 cattle is respectable, 
the more children, the better. A man who has plenty of one but not the other is considered to be poor. Hmm. A Masari religious belief relates that God gave them all cattle on earth, leading to the belief that rustling cattle from other tribes is a matter of taking back what is rightfully theirs, a practice that became much less common. So it's not that they just gave us 14 cows, it's that they gave us something that is so important and significant yeah. to them. And it's more than just a kind gesture that definitely deserves to be known. It's a genuine shame that more people don't know about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and get my source on this one. I'm quoting Awesome Mo Monster from, uh, from Reddit on this post. Awesome. And also the original poster was the hyphen treble. Cool. Um, do you think that's enough fun facts or should I throw some more fun facts at you? I think that's enough so that you can save some that you wanted to deep dive. Well, too bad, because they're already all gone. Okay. Well, join us next week when Jesse bums us the hell out with the BTK, dude. And Rue brings something to the table that isn't ball sack or squonk related. Thanks for joining us on Supposedly. You can find us online at... Supposedly Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or at supposedlypod at gmail.com. Please reach out. Tell us anything except about your own ball sack. Mm -hmm. If you want to just reach out and say squonk, hey, at least we know you're listening. Squonk. And so join us next, next time, time on, on Squonk Posedly. Posedly.